everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the second episode of my brand new podcast, The Silent Suicide. I'm your host, Jacole Martinez, and thank you so much for tuning in with me today. We start off every episode by explaining why I started this podcast. It is dedicated to my beautiful friend, Melanie. Melanie, I love you, I miss you, and this is to keep your memory alive and to keep your name alive. Also, I'd like to add a prayer to all of those that might be considering suicide at this very moment. I want you to know that you matter, you are worthy, and you deserve to live. Also, for those of you that downloaded episode one, I want to just give you a huge thank you. I am truly humbled by all of the support, all of the love that I have received, all the text messages and phone calls and emails I've gotten. I am absolutely, truly humbled. And it just, it makes this all worthwhile. I have truly found my passion in doing this. Also, stay tuned to the very end of the episode because I have an exciting new place for you to interact with me. So stay tuned for that. So today's topic is all about the word anxiety. So why did I decide to make episode two all about anxiety? Well, there's a couple reasons. One, because it's normal. You would be shocked at how many of your family and your friends suffer from different kinds of anxiety, or maybe even you suffer from it and you've been too scared up until now to admit it to anyone. I want you to know before we even get into any of the statistics that anxiety is normal and you are normal. And if you feel like you might have a problem, I want you to reach out and ask for some assistance. That could be as simple as call a friend tonight. Let them know how your day went. Human interaction can be very, very uplifting for those that suffer from anxiety. So let's get into some of the background. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, anxiety is the most common mental health illness in the United States. Over 40 million adults, 18 and over, suffer from it in one form or another. Also, people with any kind of anxiety disorder are six times more likely to be hospitalized for psychiatric disorders. And anxiety and depression, they often go hand in hand. I notice many people use those two words interchangeably, but really they're quite different. We'll have an upcoming episode later in the series all about depression. So you might be wondering, what are some of the symptoms? There is a large list of different symptoms that make up anxiety disorders, but I just kind of wanted to touch on major ones. So first, you have an increased heart rate. Think back to a time when you start feeling anxious about something. What's the first thing that normally happens? Your heart rate starts to increase. A little bit of panic is setting in. Also, you might start sweating or trembling. An anxiety attack might be coming on. Also, difficulty controlling your worry. It's normal to worry. That is a part of life. For some people, it's a part of everyday life. But when you have a difficult time controlling your worry, might be cause for concern. What about trouble concentrating? Trouble concentrating is often a big risk factor when it comes to talking about anxiety. So let's all sit back, take a minute, and let's try to remember when we were in school. 
Were you one of those people that no matter how well you knew the material or what a good student you were, there were just most days that you just could not concentrate either on what you were reading in the book or what your teacher was saying? Another big risk factor is trouble sleeping. Now, I would say most adults, most working adults, actually have trouble sleeping. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have an anxiety disorder or that you're even an anxious person. Often trouble sleeping is just just a natural consequence of being an adult. I'd like to spend a minute or two talking about sleeping. There are people who naturally can go to sleep, fall asleep, and stay asleep. I have extreme issues with anxiety. Uh, Both my mother and I suffer from it horribly. About a year ago, I actually started taking a prescription sleeping pill. And sometimes that doesn't work. Just for an example, last night, I took it. I was tired, but my brain would not shut off. It was going a million miles an hour. And I just couldn't sleep. There are more nights like that than there are the evenings where I get restful sleep. Take a second and think about your sleep patterns. Do you fall asleep easily? Do you fall asleep during the day because you're not sleeping at night? So kind of sit back and take a mental inventory of your sleep patterns. And if you're having trouble, I highly encourage you to talk to your doctor about it. There might be just a simple fix as getting on a medication And if that doesn't work, there are tons of different ways that you can cope with not sleeping. So if that sounds like you, I want you to either call me, email me, or leave me a comment on any of my social media posts, because I really feel like between the trouble concentrating and the trouble sleeping, that's really going to bond us all together. Because as I said, I think most people suffer with those symptoms. And so I want us to stand up and be comfortable enough to say, yes, I have trouble concentrating. Yes, I have trouble sleeping. And oftentimes, I do catch myself sweating or trembling, and I worry excessively about anything and everything. This podcast is your invitation to finally be okay with not being okay. I want you to talk to your family and friends about it, your loved ones. There are tons of people who love and care about you that would love to help you with this kind of stuff. And also, as I said, if you need medical intervention, talk to your primary care about it. So now let's start talking about the different types of anxiety disorders. There are way too many to mention in this one episode. So please, if you would like to learn more about it. The Mayo Clinic is a wonderful example, which is where I'm going to get my facts from today. And I want you to read the descriptions, read the symptoms, and see if it resonates with anybody. So the first one I wanted to talk about is called agoraphobia. So some of you might be thinking, what the heck is agoraphobia? I've heard of the word, but I don't really know what it means. According to the Mayo Clinic, it's a type of anxiety disorder in which you fear and often avoid places or situations that might cause you to panic and make you feel trapped, helpless, or embarrassed. The setting that comes to my mind the second I read that description is public speaking. Again, I'll insert a personal story for you. When I was younger, 
I was picked on a lot because I've always been heavy. And so that caused me to be very shy. And I was not the outgoing, crazy, loud person you guys know today. So during high school, we all had that English teacher that they wanted you to make public speeches. They wanted you to stand up, go to the front of the class and talk about a subject for, let's say, five minutes. During that time in my life, that assignment absolutely paralyzed me to my core. One instance sticks out in my mind in particular. I was attempting to do a presentation when I was a freshman in high school, and I literally froze. My brain froze. Even though I had note cards at the podium, I had no idea what to say. And I kept repeating the same exact sentence for about three minutes till finally my teacher saw my angst and let me off the hook and told me to go sit down. Well, as you can imagine, I did not pass that particular assignment. So what about you? Are there any of you listening tonight that have trouble with public speaking? If you do, I'd like to offer you a tip. If you don't like public speaking, I want you to do it more often. That sounds counterintuitive, but let me tell you why I say that. The more you do it, the better you get. The more you practice, the more comfortable you're going to get speaking in front of a large group of people. Also, another good tactic is practice your public speaking in the mirror. If you know you have to make a presentation at work or at school and you just cannot fathom doing it in front of anybody, Go into your bathroom and do it in the mirror. Practice your facial expressions. Practice your body language. And as you do it more and more, you will become more comfortable with speaking in public. And hopefully those couple tips will help you. Another disorder that I kind of wanted to touch on today is called generalized anxiety disorder. So what the heck does that mean? Well, let me read you the definition and then we can talk about it. So generalized anxiety disorder includes persistent and excessive anxiety and worry about activities or events, even ordinary routine issues. The worry is so out of proportion to the actual circumstance, it's difficult to control, and it actually affects you negatively physically. It often occurs along with other anxiety disorders, and it often occurs with those who suffer from depression. So let's talk about this one for a minute. Ordinary routine issues cause you anxiety. The first thing that comes to mind when I read that description is the grocery store. I had a wonderful friend call me last night to talk to me about episode one and how much he enjoyed it. And he actually told me a personal story about since COVID and since he works from home and the times that he has to actually leave the house to do errands or to go to the grocery store, he just gets in and gets out. He doesn't linger. He doesn't feel comfortable being in public. That could be a form of generalized anxiety disorder. I need to go to the store for groceries. That panic and worry automatically sets in. So if this describes you, 
Again, don't be afraid to stand up and say, you know, I think I might have generalized anxiety. Talk to someone about it. Research it. There is so much information on the internet now. It's just a wealth of knowledge and it's all at our fingertips. If it continues to get worse and you just aren't feeling better despite anything you do, again, I invite you to go talk to your primary care doctor. At the end of the day, doctors are here to make us feel better. And that's not just physically, it's not just our bodies, but people underestimate how important it is for our minds to be healthy as well. And then there's a third type of anxiety that I kind of wanted to touch on, again, because I think it's so prevalent in today's world. It's called substance-induced anxiety. Sounds self-explanatory, and frankly it is, but I'll read you the definition anyway. Is characterized by symptoms of intense anxiety or panic that are a direct result of misusing drugs, taking medications, being exposed to a toxic substance, or withdrawal from drugs. You might be asking yourself, well, if the substance that you're using is causing you anxiety, why do you do it? Well, I have a theory about that. When you are actively taking a substance, whether it's alcohol, marijuana, drugs, anything that alters your mind perception, you don't worry about your anxiety during that time. It's that hangover. It's that it's when you try to go to sleep that night where your anxiety starts to kick in. Personally speaking, I have done a lot of research when it comes to alcohol addiction. And I will tell you that there is actually a new viral term and it's called hangxiety. Hangxiety is the anxiety you feel when your hangover starts to set in. That's when you physically don't feel well, you can't hold down water, you can't eat, your salt intake in your system is completely depleted, which is why people turn to Gatorade. And it's just that fear of thinking, well, what did I do last night? What did I say? Who did I talk to? And so all of that plays into the anxiety aspect of hangovers, which is where that word comes from. And the last one I wanted to touch on also because I think it is so important to talk about is panic disorder. So again, that sounds self-explanatory, but there might be those of you listening tonight that don't know what that is. So I would like to read it off for you so that you can be well-informed. So panic disorder involves repeated episodes of sudden feelings of intense anxiety and fear or terror that reach a peak within minutes. So you may have feelings of impending doom, shortness of breath, pain in your chest, or a rapid fluttering or pounding heart rate. Those panic attacks may lead to worrying about them happening again. So you go back to what we spoke about a few minutes ago and you avoid those situations where they've occurred. So if you've ever had a panic attack while grocery shopping, you are not going to want to go grocery shopping. You are actively avoiding those normal everyday situations. So does that sound like something that you might be suffering from? Or maybe there's someone in your life that up to this point didn't really know what they were suffering from. It could be a panic disorder. Now, I just want to throw the caveat out there that obviously I am not a doctor. If I did, I would make a lot more money. This is 
in no way medical advice. What this podcast is educational, informational, and we're opening ourselves up to each other. We are being vulnerable. We are standing up and saying, yes, I have anxiety. And then someone listening might tomorrow finally be able to admit to someone, I have anxiety too. And then that will cause a chain reaction to 10 other people. And before you know it, anxiety is a household name. It's common. I want you to feel okay with having anxiety. Why is anxiety important when we're talking about suicide and suicide risks? Again, I have a theory. There's, again, tons of research out there. So people that suffer from any kind of mental illness, to say that they have not thought about suicide. What's to say that their panic disorder has gotten so completely out of control that they just no longer have the desire to live? You love them enough to the point where they no longer consider suicide. This is all about just starting conversations. We can't fix suicide until we start talking about it. We can't fix anxiety until we start talking about it. We can't normalize bipolar disorder without talking about it first. So that is the ultimate goal. Again, as I've said throughout this episode, I invite you to seek help if your symptoms get worse. It is easier to treat if you get help early. I am of the firm belief that there is no sense in suffering. There is no sense in suffering, in silence especially. I hope the information that I presented today about anxiety helped someone because if one person leaves this podcast episode today and says they feel empowered to either seek help or to call a loved one, then my job is complete. This entire journey that I'm on right now has been completely worth it. Now let's end with a couple exciting announcements. So one, I have made a page on podinabox.com backslash the silent suicide. And that allows you to actually leave me an audio message and I might feature you in an upcoming episode. Also, there's a chat room in there and I will get the notification so I will not leave you hanging, I promise. But I want you guys, you are part of this podcast. This is not me preaching anything. It's not me just throwing statistics from the internet out there. It's taking this journey with you. I want interaction from you. I want your show ideas. I want your personal stories. I want you to be embedded in this podcast as much as I am. So I'll leave you the thought that we will end every episode with. Just remember, being different makes you special. Stay tuned for next Sunday's episode where we discuss law enforcement, corrections, and first responders. I love you. Have a great week and we'll talk soon.